This is the PitCast. The date is April 10th. This is Matt Moss speaking, and I am joined with two very special guests. Uh, first, one that is a somewhat of a become more of a, a regular here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Cam Wall by way of Happy Valley, Oregon. Hi, Cam. Hola. <laughs> How you been, buddy? I haven't seen you in like weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after our 10 days of bliss, it was... Uh... It was pretty hard to, to shake myself of you, but yeah, no, just getting back to the groove of, of real life. You know, you know how that is. Yeah. Dealing with the daily disappointment of real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, you know, real life is not going back to back weekends of, of, you know, full on debauchery and yeah. magic and hanging out with your buddies. Yeah. So. But, our uh, other guest, oh, I'm going to cut you off there, Cam. Our other guest is, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody that I had met uh, at this, uh, the aforementioned Firewalk With Me weekend. This is Mr. Eric Martin from the This Old Deck podcast. How are you doing, Eric? Good, good. How are you guys doing today? Cam, I already know how you're doing, but I was really more talking to Mr. Moss. Uh, I'm good. I just got out of a, a condo association meeting, so I'm all revved up and ready to talk about old school magic, dude. Oh my God. Well, yeah, we should talk about that after this cast and talk about the old condo association. Yeah. Now our, our building is actually pretty well run and everybody's pretty cool, but you know, there's always a few degenerates that we got to deal with. So, um, so very briefly, Eric, can you tell me where you're at? I, I know that you used to be associated with the Alamo city old school, but I understand that you moved to the Pacific Northwest. Is that correct? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, fucking Pacific Northwest can suck my balls. Uh, it's oh, literally hailing right now. I don't know if anybody, I don't know what's doing down at your house, Cam. For everybody listening, Cam lives like, what, three hours south of me? Yeah, uh, it's the same here. Yeah, it's it's literally hailing right now, and it's May. In Texas, I want you to know that it is nice, 85 and sunny, currently fiesta, so people are getting their party on, and here I am sitting inside because it's hailing outside. Um, so why did you move from Texas to Seattle, is it? Uh, just south of Seattle in Renton. I'm, okay. I'm not that rich. Um, Check. My wife works in finance, and her the company that she moved to has offices out here. So gotcha. That's and I followed her. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I've I've yeah. played. I've I've uh, you know I've done that routine as well in the past. So I know the drill. Yeah. So very briefly before we get into the fire walk with me weekend. So tell me a little bit about uh, the this old deck podcast. You know, frankly speaking, I've never really had other. MTG podcasters that I've talked with on Pitcast were very insular <laughs> yes. in that regard. So this is kind of me breaking the format a little bit. Some shop um, talk. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I listened to a couple eps that you guys did. I, I liked the bit with uh, Mark Brothers and I, I forget whom else. And so my apologies to that individual that you were talking to, but you were going over orb flipping techniques. Um, you were talking about like single oh, hand Dave, versus Dave double hand. Yeah, yeah standing up versus sitting down and kind of how you manipulate the card. So I, I enjoyed that little bit of a tactical discussion, but yeah. So yeah. tell me t how many episodes of, of 
this old deck have you done? Uh, great question. I think the answer is 11 or 12. Uh, hmm. I number them, but I don't really, I just do that. So I don't like get them confused uh, in the sure. folders that I keep them in. Uh, but we started this old, me and Mark started this old deck when I was still living in San Antonio. Uh, and the idea was like, it only has happened once, but the idea was be like, it's like a potpourri podcast where people can just submit their audio files and then we would just publish them. What it has really turned into is Vince did that once, uh, Sisters of the Flame out of Jersey. And then the rest of it is just like me and Mark talking shit to each other. So now we're now we're like scraping the barrel and we're trying to like, I'm like, David, come on and talk to me. So yeah, that's where we're that's where we're at, you know, episode eleven. Yeah. So like my experience doing pitcast has been like um I, I'm trying to like this is, we're going to talk shop. It's, it's fine. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It is what it is here. And then we'll get into the weekend, but like I've been trying to encourage other guys to do other recordings. So like uh, recently a couple guys did a, a, a middle school deep dive. Right. And so yeah. uh, we're that trying great. to, that was, yeah, it, was, no, it was a good it was episode. Awesome. Sure. And like, I really appreciate it because I got fired up to listen to a new episode. Right. And as opposed to like having to grind out content with cam, you know, do you, uh, do you <laughs> listen to your own podcast? Um, I'll go back. Well, so Tyler Edders, uh, he's a Lords of the Pig guy that now lives in LA. He does all the editing. Okay. Um, so I will kind of go back and just spot listen to bits and pieces, um, just to make sure like nothing's, I mean, I, I trust him implicitly, but like, just to see like, okay, did, did the, like the music, you know, like did those transitions work or, you know, if, if there's something in my mind where it's like, oh, did we like specifically name somebody that asked not to be named? <laughs> like I might go back and listen to that and maybe we have to clean that up in post or something. But um, I don't usually go back and listen to it like for funsies because it's like we're, we've already done it, you know? Um, okay. I was just there, curious. There, if Like if, if a piece comes up in conversation later on, I might go back and listen to it. Just like if somebody brings something up and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'll I'll maybe go listen to it, but otherwise it's like, Hey man, we we're doing it live. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't I, know. I will listen just to make sure the audio is okay, but yeah, I've already yeah. posted it. So it really doesn't matter. But I, <laughs> I also like hate the sound of my own voice, which is probably the harder part. So that's why I was curious if other people like other podcasters listen. To oh, shit, sure. I but. mean, you got to get over that part of it. I mean, it's like everybody just has a voice that that's what they sound like, you know? I know. I like when I, I, I do the editing for our podcast. So I literally listen to the first three seconds of, of the audio and the last three seconds to make sure everything's synced up. That's it. If anything happens in between, I'll say stuff like, Oh, we'll edit that out. We never do it. Oh, so yeah. if you ever come on my podcast and you say some shit, it's on, it's on, it's gone. Yeah. 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 So let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah. It's just going to be well, how we, it is. Yeah. We, we have a long running list of people that we've uh you know privately torched or gotten in bad trades with or something there's there's going to be a the, the very last episode of of pitcast is going to be just a yeah. area fire reel yeah, yeah. yeah. One, of, yeah <laughs> one of these days yeah there will be a proper festivus airing of yes maybe epi- save that for episode 69 so uh <laughs> eric i see a little kitty there up on the shelves yeah uh, above you, you see i got a, five cats oh uh, uh, yeah you're a cat man uh well yes um yeah five cats that is one that's his name is mo uh he's the only one allowed up there so mm. i've uh i work nights so i've been gone like the last four nights in a row and these cats are like been all over me because this is the first night i've been home like sure. a week so they're human deprived yeah, basically i've like, got uh, i've got cats but one of mine is a chewer so they're not allowed they can't here. come in that room yeah, I, I, is, I believe that this is like you can t- this is like the holy of holies here this is like the inner yeah. sanctum san- sanctum sanctorum here so um, I believe that. 
So anyways, uh, no, I appreciate doing a little bit of shop talk there. It's, you know, again, like I've just never really done the, you know, made the rounds talking with other podcasters. I mean, it's for a long time, Pitcast was just like us Lords of the Pit guys talking amongst ourselves. And like during the pandemic, yeah. we branched it out a little bit. Um, and now lately it just seems like, yeah, we're kind of trying to branch it out maybe a little bit more. So, uh, and speaking of branching out. So tonight, uh, with that beautiful segue, we are going to discuss the fire walk with me event held in, uh, Snoqualmie, Washington, hosted by the, uh, uh, Emerald city trolls. Um, I think spearheaded by Sean Sullivan. Um, and then, so Eric, are you involved with those guys since you're up in Renton? Like very, very tacitly. Uh, I know Mox Emerald Scott. He stayed at my house in Texas whenever we had Battle the Alamo. Um, so I, whenever I knew we were coming out this way, I got in contact with him. But uh, I've made because uh, my my work schedule is is very erratic. Uh, it's hard for me to make it out. But they have regular uh, events. Like every weekday, there's there's somebody playing cards uh, either at Zulu's, which is up north, or uh, this one play like third pub at Ravenna or something. I don't know. P- point is, is like there, there's always guys getting together to play games. It's just, it's hard for me to get out of the house. So sure. yeah, I mean, I've gone a couple times and I will get to go more when I switch jobs here soon, but yeah, it's, it's been good so far. Awesome. No, yeah, it was, uh, so, so just set the table the, the fire walk with me event was a twin peaks themed event held, um, at a couple different locations, uh, but the the main tournament, which was on Saturday, was held at the lodge, which serves as the exterior shots from the show Twin Peaks of the Great Northern Lodge, and then has the iconic falls. I know you guys know this, but I'm just kind of setting this up for you know some schlub that's listening that doesn't know what's going on. Um, but uh, the whole weekend had a, a bunch of different Twin Peaks themed activities. Uh, so Friday night we had a meeting that was called the Black Lodge, which was, I think, originally going to be held at the Roadhouse. Yes. Uh, the Bang Bang. I, some of these names I get a little, I'm playing a little fast and loose with. So Eric, feel free to chip in if I'm botching anything. Yeah, the I, I'm not familiar. I have not been to that bar because I don't get out a whole lot. But yeah, the, the, the exterior shots for the Bang Bang Roadhouse, like a lot of the exterior shots were shot in in the Snoqualmie area. Yeah. And one of those was the out exterior of that bar. The, I don't think the interior shots were from there, but mm. um, I believe that's originally where we were going to hold that event. However, uh, they were like unable. I don't, I don't know why, but they were unable to facilitate it. So that's when they moved it to the other place. Well, they, they, they were closed <laughs> for a private event. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, because we tried to go there um cam and then yeah. we ended up going to like a way divier bar across the street Whoa. yeah are you talking about public house oh i don't remember the name okay. of it, dude All it right. was it was a shanty though okay <laughs> so we're gonna we're kind of jumping around here we're talking a little bit about saturday talking about friday i mean so i flew out from chicago to seattle cam picked me up at SeaTac. uh and picked up Bob and I, Bob and I flew out separately for some reason. Um, and then I waited for him at SeaTac and then Cam picked us up. And then, uh, then we went and Cam, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. Yeah. I picked up at SeaTac and then we went, uh, we just started heading North. Um, cause the, the area we were going was North and East of Seattle. So we stopped 
in one of the suburbs over kind of by the college and had uh, one of the best sushi meals at just this little kind of hole in the wall restaurant. Uh, that was amazing. But also that was my only second time eating in a restaurant since, you know, COVID since, since the before times. And so, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really, uh, it was really interesting walking into a restaurant, taking your mask off. And it was, it was, um, wait, was the first when we went to Kuma's was yeah, that the first one? That was the first one. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, so, it, but, uh, just saying, so you know, it was weird how normal it felt cause it had been two years. But it just like it felt like we were having a lunch at, at, you know, with some work people and hanging out. But uh, that was great. So, you know, we had uh, we had a beautiful sushi lunch and then hopped in the car and started heading out toward the mountains. And I could just feel my blood pressure going down as soon as we got out of Seattle and got into the mountains and the forest. And I was like, that drive is incredible. Yeah. Now, this is the first like going to this event is the first place I've traveled to since November, 2019, which oddly enough, coincidentally enough was to Seattle, but still it's like, I've just been living trapped here in the city for two plus years. And I was eager to get out of town, man. It was a good place, good place to go and a good weekend to do it. Cause the weather really held up Yeah, and you got some of that like classic Pacific Northwest, uh, kind of soft rain clouds up in the mountains. Um, but yeah, I felt very Seattle-y that whole weekend um, with the overcastness and nice and cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So then we went and did a bunch of sightseeing. So we did the, you know, we saw like, where, where did we go, Cam? We went to the sheriff's office. Well, but and- even before that, we were looking for uh, where the opening shot was. And I almost, oh, drove yeah, my, yeah. I almost drove my truck off that bank into the river. Because <laughs> you're like, go, go farther, go farther. I'm like, dude, if we go any farther, we're going in the drink. Yeah. yeah. So we went, yeah, we're, we found like, we did a whole bunch of sightseeing like that. Yeah. We, we went to the opening shot. We went to the sheriff's office. Um, where else did we go now? I'm brain farting here. I, I could have made notes for this, but I'm just trying no, to, we went to the memory. restaurant. Yeah. We went, and get, we went and had pie and that's when we started oh, yeah, running yeah, into yeah. other people. Yeah. That's when and business picked up. Yeah. Started throwing the hugs out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, we went to double R. Um, got a table and then, uh, more guys started piling in and piling in. And I got to say like, so this, this is like kind of a theme overarching theme for me for the weekend, but it's like, it was just good to like, see so many people that I hadn't seen in so long, like two years, sometimes three years, even for some folk, because it's like, you know, part of it's COVID, but part of it is like, I just don't do as much like MTG related travel events anymore. So I don't see you know, some of the East and West coast guys. So it, it, this event really had a nice representation of people from all over the country that traveled for it. Um, and that was just really a joy to catch up with people. Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting because we all have relationships built up with people and uh, you know, for instance, like Mano, right. Mano has his own podcast. Everybody in the the old school community knows who Brian Manalakis is. Right. Yeah. But we all have our own relationships with, with people like him outside of the four walls of, of his podcast. And so it's, it's nice, but you think back, Oh, the last time I saw this person was that chalice 2018, 19. And yeah. Yeah. Was it 19? Yeah. 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 19. Um, But yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're talking to people that you, you know, you see around all the time you post on social media and that kind of stuff. But uh, it was just nice to, you know, like DFB, just give him a big hug, man. Up, give him a big hug. Will, good to see him. Paul, good to see him. Yeah. All these, you know, <laughs> big name guys. 
it was really uh it was interesting how sean was able to um really gather a national group of people to come to this event yeah he, I, I think he got the word out people were chomping at the bit to, yeah. to get out of town and uh yeah seattle's a nice place to go i mean so like for me uh when i first heard about it well, let me back up so like i remember even when we went to lunch with sean in 2019 yeah for yeah, the yeah, Puget yeah, yeah. sound battleground event and we were just kicking around oh, wouldn't it be cool to have do like something? I don't know if it was there or soon thereafter, but around that time, we were just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to do something Twin Peaksy and related, like a meetup, right? And then lo and behold, a couple of years later, he's taken that idea and converted it into a full-fledged weekend of tournament. You know what I mean? Um, I remember watching that. Yeah, I remember watching that thing kind of be birthed. (laughs) Well, Sean was just kind of, you know, hey, this would be really fun. I know he's a really creative guy and uh, likes to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, I remember just BSing about that or, over uh, over some nigiri and and whatnot. But yeah, uh, it's so funny like, how it goes from there to, to yeah, the, I know. So like for me, you know, and Cam and you and I, like we had just done Lord's House the weekend before, which was like four nights of <laughs> or three nights of debauchery and yeah. like more gaming than anybody should experience in, in, in that short of a period. But it's like, oh, shit, I've got like four days off and now I got to gear up and then travel back out. And so like originally I wasn't going to go out for this event is as cool as the idea was. But then I what then I found out that it actually, you know, the event the tournament was in the great Northern lodge. And I was like, Oh, well, should I have to do that? <laughs> you know, it's like timeline be damned. It's like, I'll make it work, you know? So yeah. here I found myself back out in Seattle for uh, once again, for, you know, gaming a week after Lord's house. See, I got back from Lord's house Sunday night and I'm like, I'm putting my magic cards away. I'm not touching these <laughs> things for a while. And, uh, and that lasted Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday I started to get the itch. And I'm like, Hey, Moss is going to be here in about 48 hours. I got to get my head right. And I started, you know, putting some decks together, digging, digging it back out. It was awesome <laughs> to go back to back. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I could have put my cards away and been done for six months, dude, but uh, I'm not, I've not played, you know, well, I, I played a little bit of magic this weekend, but probably yeah. like Mike, I've not been doing much with my cards since I got home. Played one game. <laughs> I played one game since, <clears throat> since that tournament. That's yeah. it. One game. You got your fill. The, yeah 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 the um it was it was so much magic over such a short amount of time that i was just like i like uh you you guys can see it but nobody else can but like i just put all the cards back in those two boxes right there that's yeah. it haven't moved them didn't yeah, even like ones. unsleeve anything just fucking dropped them in there yeah those are like the two row shoebox style boxes yeah 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 that's a good one there were some of those New York guys, the Sisters of the Flame, that were playing in the hotel lobby, were playing at the airport. I mean, they're just degenerates, right? Like, they play all the time. And that's like uh, Urbano and Nick Yellow. Have, if oh you've ever God. been around them, do yes. they play the whole time. They don't care about what's going on. They just, like, won a game. And they're, what, like, some people... When I went out like to the that. Twisters, yeah, they... They got done beating each other up in the for like to see who's gonna win, and then yeah. literally pulled out a forty decks and were like, "Fuck you, let's play again." Like, yeah. didn't even take a break. So some dudes are just wired differently, right? They they want to play all the time, and I'm not. I mean, I I like magic, and don't get me wrong, I I love this hobby, but yeah, I, when I got home Sunday night from from Zord's house, I was I was done for a while, but but yeah, but then you have to you have to recharge, right? Because when you do the back to back, 
and you got people coming to town. You know, this one, Eric, is when you got people coming into town, you can't take a, the weekend off. Like you got to, no. you got to go yeah, hard gotta, for 48 yeah. hours or whatever it is. <laughs> got to go hard. You got to put on the show, put on, put on the big boy pants. Yeah. The there, there was none of this. Show. Like I'm, t- I'm tired. I don't want to do this. Or I'm, t- you know, I, I was driving around all weekend and, you know, somebody flies all the way across the country to hang out with you. You're not going to be like, eh, now nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, it's nine o'clock time for time to go to bed. How about we run down that Friday night meetup, the black lodge meetup. Yes. Um, Volition brewery is where that was at, which is right across the street yeah, from fantastic um, the double R good job, Sean. Um, yeah, it was a good venue. Eric, do you, do you mind tr- setting up kind of the, 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 I don't the rules or the special stipulation, if you want to call it that. Sure. So, and Sean came up with all this, but I'll just recount it. But uh, he basically came up with aspects, which if you don't know what those are, they're similar to Vanguard cards where, or it's kind of like a mix of Vanguard cards and commander, right? So you have an yeah. aspect which limits you to their, that person's special ability and they're all of them are just two colors. So for instance, I played the sheriff, which is red, white, and its special ability is as I pull these cards out, from underneath my desk sheriff harry s truman yeah i got all my i won a set of these so so it's pay to cream corn because i can't say that word discard a card target permanent gain shroud indestructible unblockable until end of or till the beginning of your next turn so they all have some type of special ability like that uh, and i believe there's 13 of them and so you picked an aspect build a deck around the aspect and then we played three rounds, random pairing. Yeah. And it wasn't the, how you won wasn't based on how much, like how many games you won. It was based on how much creamed corn you had left at the end of the tournament. <laughs> which Garambrosia. Was very, Garambrosia. Yeah, I can't say the word. I'm not even going to embarrass myself. Right. Uh, as, as a side note, Cam suggested that me and you do a podcast concerning um, the Wheel of Time series so we can just mispronounce all of the characters. Oh, my goodness. We can get to that later. Well, um, there is a pronunciation guide in the back. I don't care. I don't use it. I just, oh, okay. Whatever's in my head. Um, <laughs> and so I thought, I mean, it's a pretty interesting way of winning, right? Because, for instance, in the last round, I was playing DFB. And he, can, he, he had me dead in two games, but conceded the second game so we could try and get more cream corn out of a third game, right? So there was like a little bit of gamesmanship there. D Gen. We literally we're literally sitting there talking and he's like, Come on, Dave. Like, I'm dead on board. He's like, I'm gonna concede. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? He's like, Well, I can get more cream corn if I beat you solidly in game three. I was like, Well, cool. How about how about we set up how about we set up how the Garambrosia, the cream corn, the the sorrow, how that's tied in as a resource point. So like these were points or a, a resource that you could use to activate your aspect. Yeah. Or life. Then, you could or, use or you or. could pay Garambrosia or your life, but you would always want to use your life, right? Because it's, you're trying to rack up your Garambrosia score and then the highest, you know, at the end of the night wins. Do, do we know who won? Can we shout them out or? Uh, I can, if I look it up real quick, cause I okay. just got done reading Sean's uh, thing here. Give me a minute. You guys keep talking. Yeah, so while, while he's looking that up, I will uh, just further correct Eric. There were 10, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, 10, 13, who knows? It's, it's yeah, irrelevant. Ten, well, there was one for each color pairing, right? Or one, one for each dual yeah. land. Yeah, but then there's a, there's an extra one. Oh yeah, there's, and then there was you, a bonus yeah. one for the log lady, right? Right, right, right. And then what was hers, colorless? 
I, I don't know. I have to pull it out. I, I would, I'm not joking. I put all this shit away and did not look at nah, it. I mean, I don't, right dude, now. I don't do any prep either. So it's great radio. Sweat. Yeah. Great radio. Right great here. podcasting. <laughs> Cam has got the perfect face for radio. Yeah. If you, if you ever wanted to know what the old, this old deck podcast is like, this is it. Yeah. People <laughs> shuffling around and looking things up so. on Google. Um, so Eric was saying he played the sheriff. I also played the sheriff. My goal there was uh, one of his abilities was he could make target permanent indestructible. Permanent. permanent. So I wanted to make my chaos orb indestructible and activate my orb as many times as I could. So throughout my three games, I probably flipped 30 plus chaos orbs. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. So yeah, you got, Cam, you got rolling against Tammy. Big time. Uh, one of our big local time. guys. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was like beside himself. He beat me with no permanence in play because he had whatever aspect. Um, I'll find out which one it was here in a moment. I think it was. No, I forget which. I think he had the waiter, um, but his aspect allowed him to card cast cards out of his any. I think it was any interrupt or interrupt any instant out of any graveyard. So he would like play a mountain, bolt me. I would blow up his mountain. Then he would bolt me again using Gar Ambrosia to bolt me and cast out of his graveyard. It was just unreal. Yeah. You don't Cam, need too many of those. <laughs> no. Cam, what dude did you play? I forget. So I took a different route with this. Um, I looked at all 10 cards and I immediately wanted Dale Cooper. Um, I'm not a control player at all. And his ability was kind of weak. It was sort of a Nebuchadnezzar type thing where you could pay Garambosia, look at their hand and discard one of their hand, one of the cards in their hand. Yeah. Um, so it, of- it wasn't very powerful in a, in a nutshell, but I just wanted the card. So I played blue, white aggro got blown out every game, Yeah. every literally every game, but I walked away with, you know, with what I wanted and I had a very successful night. So. Right. Everybody got an, uh, a Vanguard card sized card yes. of yep. whichever aspect they chose. And I actually uh, went and made some homebrew ones too, like actual MTG. I'm holding one up of Bob BOB here, but I made a bunch of like custom homemade printed ones that, and then are Eric, those regular sized Moss or are they the bigger ones? No, the larger are, ones. The, the ones I made are magic card size. Yeah, They're I was going to say that okay. that looks normal size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These um, are like Vanguard card size. Yeah, um, yeah. The the Log Lady is mono green. And okay. the winner of the Black Lodge uh, event was Joff Willard or Jeff. Okay. I don't know how he says it. Uh, with 99 cream corns. Do we know <laughs> Do we know what color pie he played? Uh, which aspect skin. guy? I, I feel like he played... I did see him the next day walking around with that can of cream corn and he was trying to figure out how to fly home with it. (laughs) And, and we were, we were trying to talk to him into just chugging it. Yeah, see, the winner winner absolutely should have shotgunned the can of cream corn on the spot. I I don't know, but I imagine he was playing Mike because I think Mike was one of the more overpowered. Like, it was like one of the more broken ones. And I think a lot of guys were playing green blue. Yes. Um, I played a permanent. Yes. I I played against Quinn, who was on blue green with Mike. And in one sequence, I summoned uh, or I, I cast Shivan Dragon. He activates Mike, makes a copy of it, and then counters my dragon. So he gets the 5-5, five, five, and I get Jack Squad. Get wrecked. Just a yeah. brutal sequence. Joff played uh, green-blue. He played Mike, and his deck is Merfolk. I'll, I'll, send, I'll drop the link, but it's he's playing 
basically just mono blue mer- merfolk. Oh, it's pretty, yeah, pretty That's tight sick. deck. So I, I went with like uh, red, white flyers. So I had four Shivans, four Sarahs, two moats. And then a bunch of rem- <laughs> a bunch of removal cards, bolts, swords, disenchants, all that balance, all that bullshit. But my whole thing was like, I just wanted to make orb indestructible as pot, you know, as many times as possible. Or so your I, moat indestructible. Or my moat, which ended up not being relevant because I could just swords a dude, play a Sarah, and ball my opponent that way. Yeah. But that never even really happened because I went like I mostly just got wrecked. I finished the event with zero. Big fat goose egg for Gar Ambrosia because I squandered it all activating orbs and losing games. Dude, I had a really fun time that night, though. I played uh, Brother Stebo. Uh, he's from London. Yep. He made the trip all the way over. Yeah. That's a long flight. Yeah. And he went. That's uh, dedication. Yeah, yeah. We, we were playing, and, and he played like a, a Mox and a Black Vise against me. And I, uh, you know, had a bunch of fast mana, and I played out two Felwar Stones. And then he just looked at my hand and looked at the board and then he didn't play any more land. And he just kept the black vise out and they just played a second black vise and left. Cause I kept a hand that was like one land and Felbar stones and they stripped my land. <laughs> yeah. And then he starts playing these black vises. Six drops off the top, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, hey, hey, well, welcome to the Pacific Northwest, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you're not going to fly halfway across the globe to 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 lose. No. I was... would fly halfway across the globe to double black vice camp, though. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was tasty. But I, I actually have another really funny story. So uh, uh, the second round we played that night, uh, the, the, I didn't know the guy who was matched up with me. So we, we ended up meeting each other. And then he goes uh, – you know, I introduced myself as I'm, I'm cam. He's like, Oh, are you, uh, I'm supposed to find a guy named cam. And I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, uh-huh. what's, this, uh-huh. what's this all, what's this all about? <laughs> this is kind of weird. Um, he's like, no, I, I flew up. He's from LA. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From Portland. What's up, man. <laughs> and he, uh, he hands me this pin and it's from the, uh, the city of angels old school, which are the, it's a Sarah Angel logo, but that's Sam and Byron and a bunch of those guys that are a spin off. The spawners down there are like more outside of the city. Yeah. They're more um, to the east. These guys are like, yeah. yeah, inner, inner LA guys. And he was brand new to old school. And one of the guys was like, oh, you're going up there. You're going to see Cam this weekend. Give him this pin. And so we just randomly ran into each other. And then not only that, um, he sits down, we're playing for a little bit and he plays a chaos orb. I was just like, oh, fuck, here this goes. Um, and he goes, I've never flipped one of these before. Oh, God. I was, uh, I was sitting next to you for this. Yes, yes, yes. 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 You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And yes. so uh, we just start howling uncontrollably. And uh, we're like, all right, well, we, you got to do this. And, of course, you know, it, it, it was pretty obvious that he never flipped a or before. And it, I took a video of it. Oh, and no. it went off the back of his hand. And I think it hit the floor. It literally uh, went to the floor. Yeah, yeah, it went to the floor, which is okay. <laughs> so he, the bright. best part is is that he asked me like for like a tutorial i'm like dude you're asking the wrong fucking person at this table like <laughs> as i stand up and shoot one from two feet in the air he's like oh that must be the way yeah so it's it's funny but it just shows how this community is it, it, sometimes it feels like it's gotten a little too big at points but there are still there are a lot of these like very personal connections in here and that was a, a big theme of the weekend that Moss was hitting on earlier. Like 
seeing friends that you haven't seen in yeah. three years, but you still are like instantly hugging them. Hey, how are you doing? How's your family? And launching right into catching up like old times. Um, and it was, you know, I, I can't say enough about that aspect of it. I'm, I'm really in it for, for those kind of reasons more than, you know, torching somebody with a tog or whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you're uh, building a red, green, red, a tog deck. Like well, right I, hey, like, that's wow. that's something different. Oh, sorry. That's maybe that was not supposed to be disclosed. <laughs> so the, yeah, uh, you'll edit that one out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just edit. Just, uh, just if you say it, it'll happen, but it won't. The I I I have something like a similar spinoff, which was, but I I kind of started playing more frequently, like right before COVID hit, right, like 2019 or so. Mm-hmm. And so I did. We did Battle of the Alamo, and that was like my first big event, and then everything stopped. So I met all of you guys online and my first time meeting yeah. all of you all in person outside of like uh, a couple of desert twisters things was this event, which for me was pretty interesting. Like, mm-hmm. like I've talked to Dave online for years, right? Like literally two years we've talked online. First time we met was last weekend or the weekend before whatever it was. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Same with uh, you, Mr. Moss and Cam, yeah. even though you only live three hours South, like the, uh, our first time meeting was again that weekend. Yeah, it was, it was interesting too. Like, I know you're into weightlifting and stuff, but I met you and I was like, "Oh shit!" Because I'm I'm a fairly large individual. I was we like, were the Eric, two biggest people there. We yeah, I was the like, Eric, Eric's, a, "Eric's not a small person." <laughs> yeah, it, it was very evident what you do for your other hobby besides magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my real hobby. I'm way better at that than I am at this. <laughs> yeah, you you uh you have the black lotus of weightlifting. <laughs> uh, the uh, but it was just good to get in the room and like meet all those people. Like I had never met Dave, uh, Brian Manawakis, any of the guys really from the East coast. Um, some of the guys I met from the West coast because of, uh, of like the desert twister event and stuff sure, like that. Sure. But that was, that was probably like the most exciting part for me was like, just getting to like be in the same room and like actually have like conversations with Yeah. Them. Get the energy nice. going. Yeah. That, that little, right. that little bar, what was it? Volition, I think it was called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Volition. Bar. I don't know if they knew what they had to come in. No, they did not. We no, took they did over not. that whole bar and, and Cam, you'll appreciate this. I think, and maybe remember this, but that Friday night reminded me a lot of, of, uh, yep. some of I those know, I know where you're going. contracts yep. from below meetings we've done before old school players ball. It yeah. really, for me personally speaking, it really captured that essence. Um, and, you know, as somebody inbound traveling, um, you know, it was just cool. It was a cool way to just kind of break the ice. Yeah. Eric, when, uh, in 2018, I went to players ball, sorry to open up the yearbook here, but, uh, <laughs> I knew, I knew nobody I'd never talked to. I talked to grant a couple times on yeah. Twitter. I mean that, but, but I didn't know anybody. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I just got on a plane. I wanted to do this. And I walked in on that Friday night to the contracts event and I had by the three hours later when I left, I had 60 friends. Like it was, it was like the most insane thing I've ever walked in, walked out of. I, I was just emotionally blown out by being welcomed and and, and really this event that Friday night felt like just what Moss was saying. It felt a lot like that walking in and just hugging 30 people and talking to everybody and yeah. getting caught up. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, we're all, everybody, well. everybody's so, uh, so pent up from the, you know, the pandemic. And uh, it was nice to get some of that out. 
Hey, uh, so we've got a three minute warning here. We're going to, uh, <laughs> then my El Cheapo <laughs> Zoom account is going to boot <laughs> us off. So we are going to uh, log off here and we'll do part two of Firewalk With Me weekend. And we'll look at the Saturday old school tournament. This is PitCast, The Mystery Deepens, Chapter 2. Uh, this is Matt Moss joined alongside with uh, Cam Wall and Eric Martin. We are reviewing Firewalk With Me weekend in Snoqualmie, Washington. Um, okay, so part one, we kind of went through all of the, uh, the the Friday Night Black Lodge element. How about we go through the old school tournament on day two? Cam, how about you set it up for us? Sure. Uh, we've played at the lodge that is in the opening scene of Twin Peaks, uh, right above the waterfall. Um, that that gorgeous, gorgeous view. Um, and Sean knocked it out of the park with uh, getting this venue. Um, we were in the basement in a like a big conference room, but the lodge was uh, very Pacific Northwesty. Um, like lots of logs and uh, Native American art. And, it's and swanky like too. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a big, yeah, it was, uh, I'm sure it cost a pretty penny. The food was good and everything. And so, uh, you know, you want, you check in outside, you had to show your, um, your, your COVID test and stuff or your COVID uh, vaccine stuff. And then you got this cool package of goodies and some, uh, a custom card from, uh, Drew Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's some other cool stuff in there. And then, uh, and then you walk into this big room, and there were all the tables laid out. And on one side, there was the, the place where the food is. And then uh, Jesper was set up. Uh, Mirfors, Drew Tucker, uh, Mark Tadine was in the back, which we'll talk about. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Yeah. And then there was a bar there. And then uh, one of the vendors was at, one of the local vendors was there who uh, I, I have another cool story about them. They were they were good. Their stuff was, uh, you know, they had all sorts of old school stuff and yeah. some boxes to pick through. So. That's uh, that was Zulu Games. Zulu games. Yeah. Yeah. So those, that's the place where you guys have a regular meetup. Yeah. They're uh, we, the, the guys meet up there uh, twice, twice a month, like every other Thursday or something like that. Yeah. I, um, well, let, let, let's, so yeah, the actual, the actual tournament space was just lovely, absolutely gorgeous, but let's, let's rewind it just a little bit, Cam to uh, breakfast. Right. And <laughs> you and I were playing, doing some pickup games of eternal chaos yeah. So for, for anybody who's still living under a rock, doesn't know what eternal chaos is. Uh, it's, it's old school 93, 94, uh, with the addition of booster tutor, uh, which is a card that allows you at instant speed. It's one black to crack a pack of any booster card and you get to take a card out of it and put it in your hand. And so, uh, Moss and I grabbed some, you know, hotel buffet breakfast <laughs> And then we sat down and we were playing at the table and people were walking by and just their jaws were dropping. Cause a lot of people hadn't seen this, this variation before. And um, it's something that we we've picked up a few months ago. Um, the Chicago guys have done it for a while. And I have heard that there's some, it's picked up in New York and in the Bay area and stuff. But uh, you know, we really like doing that because it, it scratches the itch of cracking, cracking packs. packs. Um, and I know, 
that we ended the game. Um, I had a super blowout on Moss where yeah. I mana drained something and then I top decked a fireball and yeah. blew him out. And, and Moss just got that itch on the back of his neck saying like, uh, today's not going to be my day. Yeah. It's just not going to be one of them days. Like <laughs> when, when my last pickup game at breakfast is cam just annihilating me with like, I don't remember what I was going to cast like a brain geyser for seven or something. And then cam's like, no, I'll just mana drain that and fireball you out. It's like, Oh, it's going to be one of them days, huh? <laughs> and it was, and it was one of them days. Like I, I'm not just being, you know, Eeyore Debbie Downer over here. No, it's like, I've got that, that, that uh, prescience, that sixth sense. I know when a, a hard balling is coming. Yeah. So Eric, what did you decide to play for the main event? Uh, just regular, my usual deck, red, red, green, Ernum Burnham played 61 cards. So they didn't know what to cut. Uh, and I went I, a solid three, three. Uh, I beat Matt Moss in breakers. Uh, I'm, t- I'm oh, really? number 27. You're number 28. Oh, hell yeah. I haven't even seen that. I was going to, where's the list at? Did, did you I, that, share it that link, the... that link I sent just scroll okay. down to the bottom. Yeah. Uh, we both got nine match points and our, whatever the first the opponent match win was exactly the same. I got you in the, the second column. Brutal. Well, then let's, let's, let's settle it. Let's settle it with a money match after this recording. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm down with it. I'm down. No, I, I never got played for it. I never, <laughs> no, dude, I'm joking. I never play for it. I'm wa- immediately walking back my, my boast here. I never <laughs> oh, uh, one, I'm, one addendum for, for cam setup. Uh, Margaret Oregon Keen was also there. She yes. does she, ivory tower. That's what everybody knows. And then yeah. she has some other cards as well. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Lion's eye diamond. People know that one. Oh, yeah. did she do one? I don't know. I didn't know she Autumn, did that one. Autumn Willow. Autumn, Autumn Willow is sick. Yeah. I That's bought sick a, in 8A. A, I bought a AP of that, I believe, and sent it off. Uh, the, the guy that does uh, Gorilla Shaman was there, too, as Anthony well. Anthony Waters. Uh, yeah, Anthony Waters. Anthony Waters. And he, and he is awesome to talk to. He's very, very approachable. Sometimes, uh, you, you know, you know, you never know what you're going to get if, if you're talking to somebody that you've never met before, but he was one of the, the yeah. kindest people I've met throughout this, this hobby. He was fantastic. And, you he know, was it, signing stuff and alters, yeah. I, you know, as you know, Cam, like I've gone during the pandemic, I've gone way over the deep end into all, uh, uh, not well alters, but specifically into artist Siggy's. And yep, so like yep. to kind of break out of this shackle, these shackles of the pandemic of just doing mail away packages and to be actually able to, talk to artists again was just such a thrill that that was probably i i enjoyed the altar like just meeting with the artists and doing all that stuff as much as i enjoyed the actual old school on saturday same absolutely um okay so you beat me on breakers eric you were on red green Ernum burnham um i played the same list i played the week before at lord's house um which was esper workshops and man i just had I was three and three as well. I had kind of some cold cards and bad beats um, and a few punts as well. It just wasn't my finest hour. And, uh, you know, I went with a Scotty Pippen three and three. What, what else could I say? Like, I like I know, like, just indicative of kind of how my day went. I played against a fellow named Charlie. I think he's a Bay Area guy. Yeah, and, he is. Yeah, yeah. And and in games one and three, he went like Land Mox, Lotus, Sarah Angel. You're like, cool, cool, cool. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, shit, you have a turn one, Sarah. I'm probably going to, like, I'm 99% going to lose, and I lost, and that's how it went. I'll say this. Uh, the, the, nobody, there were three people there playing Spice decks. Everybody else there came to kill people. Like, it was, uh, it, there was a lot of, uh, sure. of the deck. There was a lot of workshops. 
and so. you gotta understand again people haven't played in person yeah hell yeah that's that's and i get it like yeah yeah if i'm getting on a plane i'm gonna bring a deck that i want to try to do my best with yeah i saw a lot of mono black i got i, I played mono back three times yeah i got hinned Oof. a lot of times i although uh dylan the guy that runs the border brawl events or the battleground the puget mm-hmm. sound battleground events i played him kind of towards the bottom and uh, he mind twisted my hand away one time and I had three psychic purges in hand <laughs> and, and he just looked at it and, and I threw him in the graveyard and then we kept playing. And then I, I drew something. I'm like, all right, I bought you. You're dead. You're like, he's, he was like, what are you talking about? I'm at 14. I'm like, no, you're not. You took 15 off the purges. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, let me see that card again. Let him know. The telltale like, sign should have been when he didn't act completely blown out after mind twisting away your three yeah. urges. Like he yeah. should have been pulling the cam blown out maneuver after that thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, he ended up still winning. So, so it didn't, you know, it wasn't oh, well. a feel bad or anything, but uh, well, swoops. So what the hell did you play cam? I, man, I played some, <laughs> some version. I played another one of those, red. huh? And we yeah. both beat Cam, just so we're clear. He came in yeah, 30. Well, yeah, that right. goes without Just so you know. Yeah. No, that, I, you know. The day Cam finishes ahead of me in the, in, <laughs> in the it. Swiss, that's, it. that's the day I, I finally retire. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Noted. I have this bad habit of in EC events or Pacific events, whatever you want to call it. Four strippers. I just, uh, yeah, I just go too light and land, and I, I think that I can cast Triskelion off of Mana Vault, and I want to play workshops without having workshops, and okay. it just doesn't that it, it doesn't work it's a cool swedish deck but i'm i'm having to to morph my my stuff into something else because because yeah like i i'm really good at beating up people's spicy decks or people that don't have power and stuff i mean i can wheel and time twister and black vise and hercules recall them but um yeah once i start getting into the top half of the room i you know you just can't you can't be a subpar player with a subpar deck um, you could be one of those two things, but not both of them. So, <laughs> yeah, Ma, for, I know there's a podcast, but Moss is shaking his head. He's like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it was pretty bad beats for me in, during the day, but that's all right. I mean, it was still, everybody I talked to was cool. Um, the games were usually pretty fast. I didn't go to time or I didn't even come close to going to time. And they, I, I either won fast or got my ass kicked fast. So can't complain about that. Um, so speaking of complaints, <laughs> Cam, let me, dude, I have just, a complaint. Just slide that you, right over to yeah. me. Do you want to, all right, I'll let you set this up. Yeah. You're, okay. you're the guest. Okay. So look, <laughs> it, it, Mark Tadine is a headliner wherever he goes. He does some of the best alters of anybody in the entire game. People line up to get his signatures. He's yeah. got the classic cards. He's got Chaos Orb, Soul Ring, Jam Day Tome, all, you know, all these just absolute stunners. And look, we're we're a community right and this is a private group this is a private event um and so we're all we all have stuff for tadine i have stuff for tadine i want cities that you know i wanted a quick alter everybody does right yeah but there's one dude that gets in the front of the line and first he just, dude yeah he's the first dude and he just fans out his cards and you know what i i understand wanting that and maybe he's been waiting a long time to do that but what, what this guy did, he, he had a handful of full art altars for Tadine to do. And Tadine... Like 12 of them. Like, yeah, literally 12. Yeah. Tadine yeah. was was great, right? Like, it's not his job to, to run that event. And really, it's not Sean's event. I mean, Sean, what he needed is he needs uh, Michael Clayton, right? He needs the guy to solve problems. 
<laughs> and to come over and, and grab that guy by the neck and say like, Hey, you get three, you get half an hour and then get out. Cause that guy stood there for four hours yep. while every, you know, in, in Moss, I don't know if Moss skipped rounds or not, but I know two of the Portland guys. Yeah. They skipped Tanny. multiple rounds. Yeah. They skipped multiple rounds to stay in line to get signatures and altars. Like, look, if you see that there's a line of people behind you, read the room. Yeah. Fucking read the room. Yeah. And, and get get your altar, figure out which one is the most important to you. Cause he's gonna be around again later. But yeah. you know, that that's stuck in my craw a lot because it's just one of these things where as a community, old school people are known mm-hmm. as being very generous and very uh selfless and giving and all this stuff. And that and this one dude just fucked it up for everybody else. Yeah, no, that guy was a complete yeah. nitwit. He didn't even play. He just bought a ticket yeah. to go get those signatures. Like he didn't even bring a deck with him. Yeah, no, that was so that that element was a bummer. And like I was the third in line <laughs> for two hours. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting out of my fucking spot because I'm third in line. And the line <laughs> kept growing and growing and growing. Um, so luckily, some of the guys in line, you know, not the nitwit that was clogging up the the front end, but you know, th- those of us grunts further back. Um, you know, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a spree decor where we were like letting people like, you know, get out of line to go get lunch, get out of line to go play around and come back. And like I'd said, my rounds were going pretty fast. So that made it possible. I didn't end up dropping, but I did dip out of the line to go play my rounds. And like I said, people were cool about me doing that. Um, but yeah, no, dude, I was the third in line for two hours. Uh, but then, you know, Hey, when it was my turn, it was like Christmas morning, you know, I got, you know, um, you know, I mean, I was super stoked to be Mark again. It had been a few years and I got a, you know, 40, 50 cards signed by him. So I, I definitely took up some time in that regard, but I only had him do one altar. I had a couple, two or three that I wanted to get done and I pared it down to one because I'm a fucking well-adjusted human being. So yeah, no. I've I've heard not I'm not this is definitely not a defense. I've heard that his wait list like for getting cards back is like atrocious. I, yeah. I don't know because I don't send out, I just go to events, but yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that on the streets. Um yeah, he's yeah. backed up. He's he's yeah. completely backed up. So that that's why it was like come hell or high water. I'm not getting out of this line, dude. I was uh so I was standing in line and then Will McGran, I think is how you say his last name. I had just yeah. met this dude that weekend. And he's like, hey, can you get these cards? Like, he like handed me a stack of cards. He's like, will you get these signed as well? I was like, yeah, buddy. I'm like, I'm already, I'm already done. I'm, three three. I'm done. <laughs> You're I'm a like, cost. Yeah. I'm like, I got you, bud. I got you on this one. Yeah. Cam, did you, did you ever make it? You didn't make it up to him, did no, you? No, no, I, I oh. didn't. I finally, I went over, I got, um, I got a Tundra from Jess, from Jesper, and I got a Plateau uh, print from uh, yeah. Tucker. And those were, I was very, very happy with that. And I got some other Siggies. Well, think stuff. about it. Like people couldn't even buy like prints and shit from him, right? Because I, I wanted to buy a couple of the prints from him. Yeah. Too. And yeah, it's like there's, he didn't have it. He usually has his, uh, his wife or his manager with him. Who's, who's kind of the business person. And if she was there, she would have been there cracking the whip on that guy. Yeah. And been yeah. like, get the I, fuck out of here. Sure. But, but I uh, mean, you know, it, this is, I don't want to harp on it too much. Cause like, you know, this was not. It just is what it is. Like there was just one, one yeah. chud that, you know, one greedy chud that kind of, yeah, made things Ca- difficult for he, other people. He, he, but he in an otherwise us, great weekend. 
Yeah, he, he caused us two minutes of consternation and then yeah. just moved on with our lives. <laughs> but but for those of us, <laughs> but for those of us that are way into Siggies and altars, god damn it, this was like offensive. <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man. I mean, I went and bought a I went and bought a revised soul ring at LGS prices big, for, big, for quail. Wow, big I was, spender, dude. I, I was gonna get uh you know a Sharpie altar for quail. He was Sick all excited brag, about dude. it. Yeah, he's done a lot for me. So I was, I thought I'd do this nice thing for him. And I stood in line for 45 minutes. I'm like, dude, I'm not wasting my day. Dude, just like let it. me sign that soul ring. I'll send it to Q. <laughs> it's fine. Can so, I show you guys my favorite thing I bought real quick? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, so I got outbid on the painting, but I bought one of the sketches. Oh, yeah. From the, that's the that's Tucker? From Drew Tucker, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So he did that as a custom handout art of uh, demonic tutor so everybody got a fire walk with me branded demonic tutor with that art and you know for the viewers at home you'll just have to look it up for yourself but it is super sick it was pretty sick and the the log lady took that painting home with her uh and i believe like so for everybody who doesn't like they we got these like dossiers like these little mini dossiers uh yeah. when we walked in the event i i might be wrong and correct me if i am but i believe she made these i don't think sean made this I think she did this stuff. Shout I out could to be the wrong, lady. Dude, I saw. Out, shout out to Logway. Don't even know her real name. She was awesome. She was playing Brother Stebo in Mono Green uh, for uh, Annie 40, A40. Yeah. And I swear they had 5% of the alpha berserks that exist <laughs> in the world on the table <laughs> between the two of them. I mean, there, were, there was like 12 of them on the table. It was, it was you know, I, I love that card. It's, it's a pet card of mine. So. I just, you know, I saw those and I was like, that's, those are, there are not that many of those in the, in the no. world. I saw her and Paul Da Silva play Alpha 40. And cause I don't, I mean, I don't have the money for that. So I just get yeah. to watch people play it. It was pretty cool. I forgot that they played by like the original rule books too. So like, it's like slamming stuff down. Like, there's no stack. You just slam stuff down as fast as possible. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Sick interrupts. Sick. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, do we do we know who won the um, who won the switch or who finished first? Because yeah, we just did six. Ken. It was Ken from Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. Ken what, Fritz. Do we know what he was on? Esper. Esper, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Shops. Hold on. Esper was shops. It? First, yeah. Uh, it looked like kind of a brew. No. Oh. I mean, it's it's got four. I'm looking at the picture right now. I just I'm not. I can't read good. I mean, it's got four shops, I want to say. Well, it's just, it's a just bunch of power. Stuff. Yeah. Sit. Yeah. Man after me own heart. <laughs> the, I know Cam, Cam and I dipped out like right after round six because both of our tummies were rumbling. Yeah, I, hear, I, I stayed to watch because I wanted to get some stuff from the uh, from the charity stuff. The, the whatever the, you call the it. Raffle. The, yeah, you the did, raffle. Yeah. So, yeah, you did the raffle and you did the um, the arm length. Of, yes uh, cards, it's right it was the best value like how if like okay we want to talk about value the best value is a it's a double arm span that's that's what it was 100 percent. yeah and moss you have the longest arms in the room so it made yeah just i've sense. got these like <laughs> yeah i got these go-go gadget arms you got the broomstick i got going. the seven the seven foot arms so yeah i, I think Harry. me and one other person did that which is why we won a significant portion of that uh <laughs> raffle i should have just that's that's hacking the gibson right there just get the longest dude to stretch out and, and buy some 100 uh i take it back he doesn't have any workshops in this oh list. well never mind then yeah, yeah that's what i i thought it was just i take it back. with 
you know, white removal and hippies and some other stuff. I mean, good for him. There, there were a lot of good players playing good cards in that room. That's what Kyle Houtman played. Mike, in the Mike top was eight playing. Yeah. House. Yeah. Mike was playing shops. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Ken and Mike played the last round. That's that's what it was. I mean, yeah, because Danny was there. Uh, Will was there. Yep. You know, Mano was there. Dave was there. Paul was there. Uh, like, there's some real people who, you know, finished really well in a bunch of tournaments. So, I mean, good good on him. I I mean, I'm, I hope he had fun. I could give two shits about who won or not, but. I like I, I hope that they had a good time. That's way more important. For sure. Uh we should talk about Mr. Manalakis's deck and how he was <laughs> cheating. I'm not I'm not gonna say cheating. <laughs> Ang- I, cheating. You know, I think, I think four four strips, four burrows. He's probably gonna cover that on his podcast. I'm gonna let that go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a a way of fighting back against the man. <laughs> it was a way. <laughs> How about oh, uh, Mana? Mana, we love you. <laughs> so, so Cam, we we dipped out because our tummies were rumbling, and then we oh, went back shit. to double. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to leave yeah. this tale untold. So we went to the yeah. double, back to the double R to yes, get uh, to get some supper, and then we picked up some. Speaking of mono green anti. <laughs> hey, look, I just my only beef with this is we started off as mono green anti, and now your deck has fucking. Ale piles and discs and deserts and shit. I agree. It's mono green. Yeah, uh, no, I'm look. It's it's starting to get camouflage with the green brown. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the only brown was the brown in your trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I finally did just spike my deck and went back to the bathroom for a while and just stood outside the back door and tried to cool off. Cam's tongue was hanging out of his mouth while I just blew up everything he had. Cam, what are you even mad about? You you beat me in every Anna game we played on Friday. Like my I deck did, was I, fucking terrible, but still, you won every one of them decisively. It was, it was sick, yeah. So Eric and I are playing the Andy decks from ninety five, uh, right? 95, yeah, yeah, basically ninety five. So what I'm playing, I'm playing White Weenie with 12, 12 nights. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm just I'm just like playing night after night after night, and he's just bolting them over and over, and then eventually he runs out of bolts, and I just. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just turn them inside out. Yeah, that, that was, was it. That's all it. she wrote. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, in, in the in the green sphere, um, Eric, I was playing twelve forest walkers. So four cat warriors, four bandits. What is it? Scarwood bandits, and then yeah. the yeah. four mm-hmm. um, dryads. And I'm just like running cam over with forest walk. Well, it, it's really it fun though. Like you know that whole that that battle between us started off as something from Chalice, but it's morphed into these we have to get really good at combat now because there's Pendlehaven and there's mm. desert and there's Aleopile and, and Wiley Wolf and Wiley Wolf and fog yeah. and, and maze. And, and like, it's just really interesting now. Like you have to become a better magic player at understanding combat and the steps of combat. Like if you watch Dave play that, play his deck full of mono green shitters. Yep. That's that's all it is. Like he is a master at combat, and that's the same thing. Like Moss loves that white weenie deck because yeah. there's so many things going on. Yeah, um, me and Dave played each other in like the third or fourth round, and it was a uh, education in mono green. We went to three games, but it was it was tough. It was tight. Uh, imagine playing the same deck ten thousand times though, and knowing yeah. what to do every time. You know what your opponent's going to do, and you know what you're going to do. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. He was. T- he wasn't spending time on decisions. I was spending time on decisions. He so, was like spinning slug with Maze of Ith and just getting after yeah, me. So yeah, just muscle memory. 
Yeah. 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 He's, it was, that, that's a joy to behold. It's like, it's like watching Moss with shops half the time. Whenever he's <laughs> drawn hot, yeah. then, then he's, then he's got the steely Dan going. He's got the dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except, for, except for, yeah. Yeah. Then the other half, it's like, oh, this is my fifth land in a row. I fucking hate yeah. this game. <laughs> um, I will say, though, you know, so to, to wrap up the mono green element here, you know, I, I Cam Annie'd up like some forest that was like stamped from the bootlegger ball and he's like oh man and I won. Oh, yeah. of course of course i won it you know from him and he's like oh man don't write on that one and then as he's saying that i just write <laughs> oh man don't write on this one on the card. and then kim kim was just like beat red in the face like legitimately disappointed yeah and that no, just was, made me laugh even harder <laughs> it was such an earnest plea saying oh, yeah. Dude, please don't don't run it like Cause he got the Sharpie out and he's like, you started to write on it. I'm like, I'm like, well, no, no, stop, stop. Please, don't write on that one. Just keep that one. And he looks me dead in the face and then just <laughs> kind of pauses for dramatic effect and then dives right in. And like, he, I, I was tilted at that point. Like we, we threw the cards away. We're like, our friendship is more important than this. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah. it's going to a bad, it's going to a dark place. After It was like, after just like multiple weeks of giving me the business nonstop, could you let me, <laughs> could you just take pity on me this one time? And I'm like, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> today. And then, oh, uh, man. and then Mark came in, um, we should have hassled him. Uh, Tadeen that is came in for dinner <laughs> at the double. R. We should have hassled him for Sig- Siggies. get some Siggies. Buy yeah. your dinner. Hey man, can you alter my revised wall of swords? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um so, so yeah, that was fun. then we, we picked up Bob uh and we, we drove out to the uh the roadhouse and we uh but it was close for a yeah, an event. Private so event. We, yeah. Yeah, so we went into some towny bar right there, and it was one of these bars, Eric. You in know Fall City? Be, yeah, you know yeah. from being in Texas the kind of bar you walk in and immediately like you look at your table, you don't talk to anybody. Yeah, Everybody looked at you as you walked in and were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? And you're then, like, yeah. you know, if like you look sideways at, at somebody's wife or girlfriend or something like they're going to, yeah, it's on, they're throwing a haymaker. Yep. And and that's what I was telling these two city boys. Well, Moss is from Iowa. So he knows. Yeah, he I, understands. Know drill, dude. I, I was like, I was like, Hey guys, we're going to sit here. We're going to I've been to a small town be- bar too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, you just, you're there. You're the outsider. You're the visitor. You're there to have a Bev and mind your own business and then go yeah, your merry tip way. Well, tip your servers. Tip, yeah. tip well, tip well. <laughs> um, I like your yeah. best IPA, sir. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have your best can of beer. Yeah. No, got a lot of loot. I uh, I did some some big boy trading that weekend. I love oh, trading. Oh, God, I saw that big boy trading. You guys were making me... I saw your guys' binders come out and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back with the poor kids when I revise shit. Yeah. And sit down. We've we've, we've done I, I did a bunch of it at Lord's house. And see, for me, I, I'm tired of buying and sell. Like I really don't don't want to sell any cards. I hate the financial aspect of this game. Yep. So trading is fun for me. And like you just gotta make it sort of even, but but yeah, I I, I picked up some some cool stuff and you know, and you, and Paul, you and Paul made a big trade, right? Yeah. Ooh, what oh, yeah. was it? Uh, are you at liberty to say? Are you at liberty to are, say? Are, yeah. are you gonna are you gonna hurt your feelings? No, I traded off my my beat up library, um, for just piles of stuff. He, yeah, he he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah, it, it was a pretty good deal, I thought, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's like I you know I don't beta cards don't really get my motors flowing except for 
uh, Berserk are the only, I have two beta Berserks beforehand. And so he gave me one of those and he gave me a pile of dual lands to finish up the decks I care about. And Ooh, that's good. Dude, yeah. So, so like I, I had the library, I got it cheap a few years ago, but I'm, I'm not the kind of player that would ever sit on library. I don't, I'm not good enough. I don't, my brain doesn't think that way. I'm always pedal on the metal. And so I've had this like stupidly expensive card on me and, uh, and, and it just, I needed to get it into somebody's hands because he's like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to sell my nice one. And then this will be the one I play with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy that, that somebody else can do that. And then, yeah. you know, I got, I got tons of value out of it. So, so I got what I needed, but yeah, like that trading altars and doing stuff all weekend. Um, that's, that's really some of the fun stuff when, when somebody looks at your deck and they're like, Oh, I love that Spider-Man altered lightning bolt. And you can just, peel it out after your match give it to them and doesn't doesn't fucking matter dropped off a nice little care package for myself which i truly appreciated all that Mm -hmm. dude all that stuff went into the cube and it's looking fucking sick i like that coin a lot i can't wait to play yeah uh eric here absolutely torched me in our annie league a few months ago and so we uh I, i altered up some stuff for him and and yeah, I see that's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to now that COVID's loosening up. Like it's not that big of a deal to drive a couple miles north and hang no, out. We could so speak of the devil, uh I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. But the the place we were gonna meet in the middle, uh yeah. to to meet and play our game, dude. There was a shooting in town that day. I'm glad we didn't meet up. <laughs> like <laughs> ran, me and Cam randomly picked a spot halfway between us. I was like, let's meet here. And then something happened at my work and I couldn't go shooting yeah. in that town that day there, there was there was a cartel hit yeah like just <laughs> dodged it swoops like, <laughs> like, oh man yeah uh so while those guys were going to the double r because they were super hungry i'm a i would say i was a slave to the to the raffle because i had bought in quite heavily uh so yeah. cam you actually won a bunch of stuff at that raffle no joke like for Fuck. real you won like i want to say two <laughs> things <laughs> and they're and like they're like it was fucking cam and then they just drew another one dude i'm yeah. not like ask other people that's how it happened nobody cares <laughs> another bad beat for cam <laughs> dude I, I was scarfing on a patty meld at that point yeah. that was that was the only ev i needed uh and so the <laughs> god damn it cam <laughs> hey so man i'm in this raffle stuff. let's go get a sandwich fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yep you i forget what you I, i'd have to go back and think about it but the and then Jesper Mirforce pulls out some beta AP planes and just throws them in the in, in for like raffle, oh. right? Oh. Three of them. Yeah. And so like Sean's like, I'll start the bidding at like a hundred. I'm like, okay, I, I don't even need these cards. I was just like, I'll take yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, speak of the devil, Charlie Peterson, my new arch nemesis. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that he knows that, um, he he got me at the very last second. I thought I had him for six, and I think he went up on me. So, and then the painting went to the log lady and Sick. yeah, dude, it was a, it was a really good painting. I just didn't have the cash on hand to outbid her, but I did win a copy of Ramadan Sandman Ramadan from Ken who brought that the whole way from Hawaii. Awesome. Yep. And so I still haven't read this comic book yet, which is ironic. Cause it's like how city and bottle was like the idea for city and bottle was. Uh, made which is a card that just fucking blew me out this weekend so thanks <laughs> thanks dfp appreciate it bud <laughs> well i um you know i we're getting a little bit low on time here so i'm gonna kind of put my 
final thought. I mean, it was just like, it was really awesome. The, the, the thematic, I, I can't say enough about how strongly the thematic element and, and the locations and everything, it just all tied in with the whole Twin Peaks. It, it like felt like we were inside this alternate yeah. reality. I mean, it was like, you know, magic is in itself is a fantasy card game. And then to, to have that fantasy card game world then nestled inside of this Twin Peaks themed world, it was just like a, 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 a you know, a double layer of fantasy and, you know, being able to, you know, Cam, I really appreciated you hanging out with me all weekend and, and Eric, you know, we got to meet up and, and I already, I had already said about how awesome it was to meet up with the other guys that I hadn't seen in a while. So it was just like to be able to enjoy this like hyper fantasy weekend was just really, really awesome. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to do the event again. I hope they do. Um, you know, at not, first, at not first, that one, not that one. That was a one and done. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> shout out to Sean. He, he put in a lot of effort into that detail that you're just describing, right? Like, yeah, I, I would say that he is known for that. Yeah. The next event is 2023. It is Norse gods themed and it'll be Swedish rules. Hmm. I don't remember the name of it. You can check the end of the, the link I just sent you guys, but that's the next one. But well, I mean, he said so he won't do it again. Yeah. I mean, the fact that this was then a one and done, you know, that just makes it even more special. And I'm just that much more thankful I got to check it out. Dude, I'm going to yeah, come into that special. event pouring buckets of blood over the top, glaring <laughs> metal rash. I've already thought about the deck I'm going to play. <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be more than one person showing up in black and white face paint. And I'm, I'm there to take pictures of their poor choices. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as we're winding down, um, Cam, any, anything, any final thoughts? I, I just want to say, you know, it was really, really good to see both you and Bob. Um, sorry, I, I ditched Aaron and Carson and Tanny pretty much all weekend to, to hang out with my, my real friends. But, uh, you know, I love those. It was nice to see those guys. It was great to, to have you in town. And I know that you guys have been so uh, welcoming to me. So it was really nice to be able to show you guys a little bit yeah, of man. hospitality. So it was and, fun. Um, Eric, you know, any, any final thoughts from you or, or any upcoming business then with the, this old deck podcast? Uh, nothing with this old deck. Mark is in Europe for work stuff. So we're on pause until he gets back. Okay. And then, um, no, just thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate talking to you guys. It's good to meet both of you in IRL, uh, yeah. this last couple of weekends. So in the meat space. It, it, yeah. In, in the phys- flesh meat space. Hey, yeah. keep posting the cube packs. I, I will. I, I, I work. So That's why the reason I haven't done it. Um, but I'll post those to the, the areas that they normally get posted. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that, uh, that does it. Um, I'm going to go get a pie and coffee and we'll call it a night. And thanks everybody for your time. Okay, so this is the PitCast bonus content section. This is the Patreons only exclusive uh, where Cam and I break down odds and sods from pop culture ephemera. Uh, Tonight, Cam, you and I are going to break down the book of Boba Fett. Yes.
Um, and so this is the spoiler warning. Um, anything goes in this chat if you have not finished watching or if you've not seen it or finished Book of Boba Fett, uh, perhaps do not continue if you are spoiler sensitive because we are going, we are not going to give any fucks. We're going to let it all hang out. Um, so yeah, with that said, um, uh, so yeah, Boba, <clears throat> um, so this was a seven episode series that kind of takes place in Disney's quote Mando verse on Disney plus. Um, I saw it cam as like season 2.5 of the Mandalorian. Um, and we can get into more detail on why, uh, if you wish, but it really, uh, you know, this, it, it, it picks up like soon after season two of Mando and it ties in heavily in that universe. Um, and I thought even maybe too heavily at times. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely felt like when they started, um, Boba Fett has got a, a cult following, right? There's lots of people yes. that love Boba Fett from whatever the, the, the original trilogy and a little bit from the prequels, I guess, but there's not a lot to him. There, there's not a lot of backstory. There's not a lot of stuff, especially if you haven't delved into the, um, the novels, and the, uh, the comics, the, yeah, the EU, the extended um, universe, right? So, in, in originally, in, in the original old school canon, right, Boba was just a badass dude in a badass suit, and then correct. through the novels and the comics in the extended universe, expanded universe, they gave him a lot of this backstory, you know, insofar as like he even became like king of Mandalore, and you know, and all of this stuff. Um, Obviously, when Disney took over the Star Wars universe, they wiped out all of that canon. They started anew, started afresh. And so this is their kind of reimagining of the Boba Fett canon. Yeah, and it's very interesting because they basically have a blank slate. They could do whatever they want with him. And I like the direction they went with him because they could have made him, you know, every dude that has a jacked up truck with a Boba Fett helmet on it. You know, they have a wet dream about what they want Boba Fett to be, right? They they yeah. want him to go out and just pill it absolutely pillage everybody. And that's not that's not what he is. Like he is somebody you see him, he's older, he's tired, he is he wounded. wants peace. Yeah, he's wounded, yeah. Not to mention wounded, but he wants to move to the next step of his life. And I'm sure we're gonna cover that, but uh, I think it's a much more compelling character yeah. with what they've built, and they've given him some room to grow yeah they they kind of washed away the notion of him as a grim dark badass right Absolutely. Uh, as like a bounty hunter that will do anything to get the next kill and just you know is looking for the next job and um yeah no they i mean he they even went so far as to like give the character humor and he's an animal lover and um, you know among other things so they they definitely fleshed him out um yeah, I like the direction overall they went with him. <clears throat> they took his character. I think that the show relying on... Well, so I, I guess, Cam, I don't want to do like an episode by episode rundown because that's sure. I, I want to keep it more high level. Um, but I will say that like the way they structured the season, the first half of the season was very heavily, very heavily leaned into flashbacks, uh -huh. um, kind of showing what happens to him after... Jabba's sail barge blows up and 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 Han Solo shoots him in the jetpack and he goes flying into the Sarlacc pit like it picks up <laughs> like that afternoon and then through a series of flashbacks kind of brings you up to quote unquote present day Boba in the Mandoverse. Sure. 
Sure. And, and I thought that was a smart way to do it. Um, that, I mean, it's definitely been done before, so it's not like it's uh, revolutionary or anything, but I think it was a smart way to tell the tale and they use the back to tank, right. To sort of transition yeah. in between the two, which I thought was interesting. Um, it, you know, I really like some people hate the idea of Darth Vader being in the back to tank in uh, rogue one, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was very cool. Like, I loved uh, it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I th- I thought Any, it was really all cool. of that Darth Vader lore, like Mustafar castle, he's yeah, got bro. that attendant, you know, he's yeah, in the tank yeah. when they're, when they're draining the water in rogue one, you know, you can see yep. like they, they hint at his limbs being all you know severed. Yep. Uh, this isn't about rogue one, but yeah, to suffice it to say, yeah, using in Boba, they used cause Boba's got all of these heinous, acid injuries for being in the sarlacc pit right and then his adventures he's been on subsequent to that um and so like he's been he's doing all this healing after he takes over jabba's palace and in jabba's old back to tank and he's they're using that as a means you know his dream sequence is the flashback sequence yeah my, my only my i liked all the flashback stuff i liked going back to see him escape the sarlacc pit and blow up the sarlacc using slave one <laughs> and you know i liked the whole Boom. element <laughs> yeah, and we can touch maybe a little bit more on the on the Tuscans storyline, but like that's all told through flashback sequence. But it's like when when um, that was like the way more interesting stuff than I thought than like the main plot of the show, which was like ja, uh, Boba has taken over Jabba's role as Daimyo or like the crime boss on Tatooine, or as he would say, Tatooine. And uh, <laughs> that's my shitty Boba impression. And that's, uh, that's not bad. Well, I, I was being <laughs> humble, but <laughs> <laughs> but like you know what I'm saying. Like it, yeah. it, it just seems small potatoes. Like it, you know he's sitting there with uh, Fennec Shan, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna bring in a couple guys," and they're like squabbling with the mayor, you know. And it's like super low stakes shit. And like to me, I'm like, no, I want to see more of that backstory shit. I want to know what Boba's been up to. Yeah, you know, just overall, like the big picture, I don't know that they really did a good job of explaining why why does Boba Fett want to take over? I know that there's a scene kind of halfway through where yeah, he's talking yeah. about like he doesn't want to work for people like that, but you don't have to be you don't have to take over Boba Fett's spot and like Jabba, Jabba spot. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, Jabba's yeah, yeah. spot. Um, I was already thinking ahead because you know, at the very end of what was it, the Mandalorian, where they're showing him kind of sitting in the sea. Yeah, I, I just that felt kind of weird because, like, we didn't know anything about Boba, um, and so you know, he, in the in the original trilogy, he's just this, he's a bad dude, but he's he's a bounty hunter, right? Yeah. Like, what what does he have that lets him have the authority or the ability or whatever to to rule over this? Yeah, no, I, and I, I don't know that the, the flashbacks necessarily set up the motivation to, yeah, become the new daimyo sure. and fill that vacuum. Um, now, I really liked the Tuscan Raider element. Bo- Boba falls and, you know, he falls in with a group of Tuscans. He's originally their, their um, prisoner, prisoner, their captive. They, you know, he climbs out of the, 
out of the Sarlacc and he's all fucked up from the acid. And then the Tusk, a band of Tuscans come upon him and he's taken prisoner. Well, he ends up helping them fight a monster and, you know, he kind of falls in with them and he's they're They're showing him the ways of the desert. He gets a hold of some speeder bikes and he's kind of like melding that with some technology that he knows about. And then, you know, I don't, I don't want to do a full plot synopsis here, but uh, you know, he, he's learning from them. They're learning from him. And it shows a little bit of his softer side and it makes, it gives him a more, it, it, it makes him more of a person, right? I guess. Yeah. And I, eventually I, the, the Tuscan Raider tribe is destroyed and Boba, you know, you get to see him experience that loss. And, and I really liked adding that depth to his character, but again, it doesn't set up for why he wants to take over Jabba's palace. Yeah. I mean, it's very, I, I don't know if you were old enough to, you and I are about the same age, but it was very dances with wolves where he's, he's taken prisoner and then he learns the ways of his enemy and, yeah. and um, which, which is a beautiful story. Like I, I, I appreciated it. And I thought that they did a, such a cool job of taking the Tuscan Raiders who are a very bit player in the star Wars universe oh, hell yeah. up to this point, but like the sign language and, and the, the whoever was doing the uh, choreography for them is amazing. They're just like, there's no other word for it. They're amazing because the, the way that they were able to communicate through the masks and with their posture. And you could tell like, they didn't give a shit about Boba at first. Like they just let their kids beat on him. And then slowly he became uh, a warrior and he, he became valuable to them. And then, you know, they brought him in and he was able to, to do some cool stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah, he did cool stuff with them. <laughs> well, well, he, you know, they, 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 eh, had that lizard. Eh, eh. <laughs> that's me making the, making the, uh, the motion of, him oh yeah. Boba's, Boba's like, Boba somehow, even though Boba spent some quality time roasting in the belly of the Sarlacc, he's got like impeccable teeth. So just gorgeous gorgeous canines yeah the, some really nice chompers on that guy I, the imperial <laughs> dental plan must have been primo um yeah I, I liked how they were expanding on the lore of Tatooine. that it was once a water world and the tuscans were like a sea people or a seafaring people or something like that um yeah. seagoing people and then you know something happened and the de- world is dry and now they are a desert people and i really like seeing these these small scenes where uh, Boba Fett went into that bar early on, right? Yeah. And the two, there's two people there. I guess they tie in with one of the the other stories that are out there, the expanded universe. It was a husband and wife, right? And the yes, those raiders are like kind of messing with them, and Boba yeah. just goes in and fucking mops them up. Yeah. Um, and see, to me, I love that character. That character that's like kind of good, kind of bad, but doesn't stand for like innocent people getting messed with. But he's got, he has a code, right? He yeah, has a, he has a code, so like, right? Even, even right when he's trying to capture Han Solo, right? You know, yeah. Darth Vader hires him to capture Han Solo. You know, he's taken a job and he's honor bound to perform under, you know, that's his code, right? He's honor bound to perform his duties after taking on that job, that assignment. But he's yeah. not about just like fucking up randos for just because he's a, a boy. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, really like scenes like that that makes me like boba fett a lot more than the fact that he's got cool armor or that he you know he has mandalorian armor and they're you know yeah to me i i enjoy that kind of stuff a lot more um yeah so that was kind of like the first half of the show a lot of these 
setting up, you know, his past, what he's been up to. And then we get to episode five. Um, and first of all, I loved episode five and I loved six. I mean, I absolutely adored those two episodes, but the show took a very drastic tonal departure where, um, you know, episode five, Boba was basically not in it at all, except for like in the recap. And it became catching up with Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. It's like, meanwhile, the Mandalorian is up to this, you know, and like he's on his adventure and he's off world. And, you know, the he's trying. I mean, I don't even know if we want to dive into that episode too much because it's like it was such a jarring departure that I loved it. I loved that episode in and of itself as like an, a really awesome bottle episode. But it was it just didn't it, it broke the rhythm of the show apart for me. Well, it did a disservice to Boba Fett, right? Because that somebody, somebody somewhere told them Get you got to you loop, you got to yeah. loop Mando back in. And for me, what what it made me realize is how much I love the yes. Mandalorian. Yes, thank you I, so I, like, much. Yes, yes, yeah. I like I, I absolutely as soon as he sets foot on camera, I'm like, I, you know, if that was in the theater, I'd be cheering because yeah. that like we we have built such a relationship with and, and i know this sounds weird for a tv show but we've built such a relationship with him in the star wars universe like we yes. love him he is awesome he like we want him and so yeah he came back in and there's the stuff with the learning to fight with the dark saber and and uh getting his new ship yeah the naboo, the naboo starfighter i mean that's the whole, that whole thing but even even before that like he gets kicked out of the mandalorians remember that well part? his so right so he 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 reconnects with his covert, right? The the yeah. armorer and that dude that's somehow related to Tar Vizsla, yeah. Uh, that the big ass Mando guy, yeah. Um, so he finds them. He connects with them on like a really sweet Ringworld space station. Yes, and you know Bryce Dallas Howard directed that episode. That was probably my favorite directed episode. And that Ringworld dude, I mean, that just. That really got me in the giblets, man. That was some really gorgeous uh, set piece right there. Yeah, and if you've ever played the video game Halo or heard of yeah. Halo, like it's it's very. It, I mean, yeah, dude, I've whether heard they of Halo. Took, whether, whether they took it from that or, or not, but yeah, they they brought that to life, and it was yeah. absolutely stunning. And yeah. even even less than like the overall shot, the close in the yeah. city, like you get that urban kind of cyberpunk feel of it. Yeah, it felt like Star Wars. It felt yeah. like classic Star Wars. But well, I see, I think it felt fresh. It felt Star Warsy, well, but like there's no other Ring World space station in Star Wars, right? So it was yeah. like uh, no, sorry, what yeah, what I what I meant was it felt continuous with yeah. it didn't feel like um like we're watching a different show with like we're watching an extension yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, it was it, it wasn't it melded. A yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you're right. So Mando steps through, you know, he's in the slaughterhouse. First of all, that's just fucking sick. Mando's in a slaughterhouse and he steps, <laughs> oh, yeah, through, that, <laughs> he steps through that door and it makes like the Western sound. And it's just like, oh, holy shit. Here's like the, and it's like, you're right. It's a little bit of a disservice to Boba because like, but it's also a credit to Mando and a credit to the showrunners and like, just, you know, all the guy, you know, um, what's his name? Favreau and all the guys, made, you know, in charge of the universe, like they've made a legitimate star. Like Mando is the high watt star of all Star Wars current content, 
You know what yes. I mean? Like yep. he oh, is yeah. to me, like, uh, and probably for many, especially for younger generations, um, he's probably on that par of like a Luke Skywalker or a Han Solo in terms of being like the alpha top tier heroes in the universe. Yeah. But and- so <laughs> poor Boba, I mean, like, and Boba's sick. They're doing his character a bunch of justice, but it's like, he can't hold a candle to, to Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and I mean, Mandalorian is what, we thought Boba Fett was going to be, I mean, really he, you know, that character, he's a, he's a Mandalorian bounty hunter. I mean, what the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know Bo- Boba's like almost superfluous in a way, but I mean, I think they're setting up. So he's like, it's like young bull and old bull, right? Like yeah. Din Djarin's the young bull he's in his prime. And I think Boba is going to be this recurring character. That's like, why, you know, he's, he's got the, the wisdom, the battle experience, He's more like the tactician, you know, he can get his hands dirty. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he's going to be the more, he's playing kind of like a, a sage council type role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it was nice to see, um, you know, Fennec Shand come into the picture. Oh yeah. Uh, dude. You know that she's a cool character. I like her. Uh, I like the actor that plays her and I like um, the fact that he, yeah, yeah. That, that he saved her. Right. Yeah. She, she was dead. And he yeah. went back and, um, you know, you see some of that loyalty from him. And dude, she is utterly ruthless. They oh. haven't, they haven't really, like, they don't really play it up as, as like, like, well, first of all, I mean, the show's not like, uh, gory, right. You know, right. I mean, there, there's some, there's some good violence in there, but it's not like, you know, grizzly dude, it's violence. Disney. It's, it's Disney. yeah, it's, it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's Disney violence. Right. But yeah. like, you know, like when she murks the the pikes, <laughs> spoiler alert, when she murders all the pikes, <laughs> like the, I don't know what you call it, like their council or whatever, like the boss on Tatooine at the yeah. end. Like she just wipes out a whole room full of dudes and like peeks her head in and then dips out. Yeah, she, she's awesome. And I think that she plays real well with Boba because Boba, um, Boba used to be the enforcer, right? But he's he's transcended that position. Now he's the boss. He's the cape, the capo, the capo, whatever. Daimyo. He's yeah. Yeah. He, he's the head. Yeah. Um, and so he needs the, the cleaner, the, the person, the enforcer. Yeah. Um, and she fills that role beautifully. Yeah. I, I, I guess. So my prediction is I could see like her and Cobb Vanth. He's the marshal in Freetown yeah. played by Timothy Oliphant. Um, I could yeah. see like those two kind of, so like, I don't think Boba's just going to stay on Tatooine. I think he's kind of done his piece and maybe he'll get tied up with Mando's quest to do whatever Mando's going to do in season three. Right. Um, I think Boba will be tied up or maybe shuttled between the two story arcs. But I think while Boba's off Tatooine, I don't think they're just going to leave him on that world, like administrating, you know, Moss Eisley. Um, So I think Fennec Shan will maybe play that role of like being, actually running the day-to-day crime op- operation or, you know, daimyo sure. operation. Sure. Um, and then her, yeah, her and Cobb Vanth will be on planet. And then maybe Boba's off running around, you know, adventuring with, uh, yeah. With, 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 with Mando. And uh, so, so I think at this point we should probably transition to the, the biggest. Yeah. Bulu. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest of the Bulus, yeah. you know, for, for both you and I, like yeah. th- those are, arguably your two yours and my favorite characters in star yes. wars so um well Zeus just laid on me big boy yeah cad bane baby <laughs> cad bane so cad bane 
for the uninitiated and if i guess you know if we're going this deep on boba and if you're still listening you've probably know a lot of this shit anyways but if you're just you know learning for the first time here you go uh cad bane uh was like a, a mentor figure to boba fett when he was like what a teen or even yeah. younger than that yeah and he's, that a, was, he's a bounty hunter yeah you, yeah sorry cad bane is a duros that's his race duros duros he the, the blue skins with the blue skin fellows with kind of the elongated uh, uh elongated snout nose um and the red eyes uh he's a bounty hunter i think he came in in clone wars and he yep. was like a men, bounty hunter mentor to Boba um, after Boba's father, Jango Fett, was killed. And Boba was kind of like in those aimless years um, yep. as, as a youth, as a youth. Um, and so they have this history. The two characters have this history, but it's all like from the Clone Wars uh, animated show. Yep. yep. Um, but they did a good, so <clears throat> the, the book of Boba Fett did a good job alluding to that. But you didn't have to have, if you haven't watched all of the Clone Wars, it's fine. Like they, they give you enough that like, hey, these two characters have some backstory. Um, and that's really, you know, and it's from their bounty hunter past. And if you want to dig deeper, go ahead. But it's not completely necessary. Right. But Cad Bane is like, you know, he's a Duras. He's, he's older now and grizzled, but he can still throw down. He's absolutely menacing. The, the costuming on him and, uh, and effects on him is absolutely amazing. Uh, the voiceover work. I mean, I can't even, you know, that, that voice. Well, they got, they got whoever did the Clone correct. Wars. Yes. It's the yeah. same actor that voiced him on the animated show doing the voiceover voice work on Book of Boba Fett. And it's just chilling. And so to see that character literally, come alive i mean insofar as with the fx he's coming alive but to see him in a live action show like interacting with human characters is just chilling yeah he's got that gunfighter look to him and i i was reading about him it's his character is completely based on um yeah. some, some like clint eastwood old movie the bad guy in that up to the flat brimmed cap yep i mean it's it's the exact same it's it's a homage right Absolutely. but yeah he he is a gunslinger he is like rolling from uh king you know stephen king he is the gunslinger and, yeah. and he's, he's fast he got <laughs> he, he gets the drop on boba and uh and the pikes hire him to clean house and he gives boba a shot uh he's like look man <laughs> you you need to step stand down because he's got a code as well um and that's something that you get from the clone wars is cad bane has got he he's a bad guy like they they have him be a bad guy but he's not um he's not chaotic evil he's definitely lawful evil yeah no he's there to do the job and, and be the best yeah. and like you know he basically is telling boba is like you know i was better than you then and i'm still better than you now <laughs> and when it comes down to, to gun you know gun battling he's still better than boba like he's yeah. a better shot a faster shot a more accurate shot um and you know then Boba whips out the gaffy stick, which is a nice callback to all that early season build yep. with his time with the Tuscans. And he whips, <laughs> trips up our boy Cat Bane and rams him through the gut with the spear. Yeah. So you said something interesting the other day in our chat. You don't think he's dead. <clears throat> no. And so, you know, this was, you know, I was perusing one of my fanboy nerd, hyper nerd sites. And like, there's a scene where, well, so I know that there's, he's probably dead, 
but I don't want him to be. And so what I'm clinging to is the fact that I think the final shot or second to last shot of Cad Bane, um, there's like uh, some apparatus, you know, the apparatus he's hooked up to at the breathing or the medical, what have you, uh, harness or yeah. whatever is like beeping or flashing. And so like, maybe he's able to like call for aid or that apparatus is able to administer aid. And so perhaps he's not actually dead. Although, you know, in preparation of this chat, I rewatched it. I rewatched the finale. Um, and like, they do kind of, you know, they do like a couple slow motion zooms of him and like Boba standing victoriously over him and all this. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, he's probably dead. I, I'd put it at like an 80, 20, 80% he's dead. 20% he comes back. I mean, what would you even do with him now? You know? Yeah. I mean, what, what's the, what's the point? He already, he was the bad guy and got vanquished. So he yeah. was a stepping stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's like, yeah, I just don't know what more you're going to do with him because I don't know necessarily that Bob is going to have an entire another series dedicated to just him as the protagonist. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if he did, then perhaps you could bring back Cad Bane. But if, if Bob is going to be more of a support character and just part of the greater Mandoverse, then he's not going to need his own singular antagonist anymore. But I hope he's yeah. not dead. I mean, Cad Bane's fucking sick. And uh, Q-Ball did an awesome altar of him on my ripped up uh, underground sea. And I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, just, just as an aside, it's kind of interesting as we uh, imbibe this pop culture stuff, how it translates to um, some of the, the altars and tying back to magic. You know, I know uh, Quail has done some, some awesome stuff for both of us. He did an Ahsoka, um, Hercules Recall for me. He did a, a Mandalorian Order of the Ebon sh uh, Shield um, for me. I've got a and, Mando that uh, Nick did for me on yep. a Demonic Tutor. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember, he did that for me, and you liked it so much, I just had him do another one. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. <laughs> so we both got one, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that, that uh, the pop culture zeitgeist has such a big influence on us because – I mean, you'll, you'll play that for the rest of your life. Be well, it's, yeah, it's like whatever we're just chatting about and into it, ultimately, you know, somebody will do a doodle and then someone else is like, Oh dude, you know, develop that, you know, keep going with that concept or try it this way. Or like, yep. Hey, just, you know, I'll take that. Yeah. Swoops. <laughs> yeah. I'll snipe that. I, I mean, speaking of Ahsoka and Luke and Grogu, I mean, should we, yeah, should let's, we let's dive into that. So we've already kind of, Again, the show, the, the, the second half of the season is a bit disjointed. So we've actually already kind of gone over parts of the finale. But let's put a pin in the finale and then go back one episode to episode six, which was, again, absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, didn't tie into what Boba was doing. Boba's literally not even in the episode, but it features Din Djarin meeting up with Luke Skywalker, CGI Luke Skywalker and Grogu well, yeah. doing R2, R2, Yeah, R2-D2 first, because yes. remember these they're building the temple? Yeah. All the robots are, and yeah. R2-D2 is like making them wait. Yes. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't even believe what I was, first of all, it was super unexpected because it was a complete story and tonal shift from the yep. Boba Fett arc, right? Um, but God damn, I mean, like in terms of I mean, if you want lore, this was like a lore buffet. It was all you can eat lore. And yeah. like to see Luke 
like you and I, I think had talked about this at some point when Mando season two wound down where it's like, we, you and I are both big Luke fans. Yeah. And like, I want to see Luke being the post return of the Jedi badass. I'm, I'm not the happiest with the sequel trilogy and we're not going down that road, yeah. but um, you know, I want to see him being super confident, super skilled, you know, uh, super empathetic tied in with the force, just being like a really high level you know, a high level I mean, Luke fucking Skywalker. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Luke be fucking Luke, you know, ignite the green and, you know, be a fucking super badass, but then also a really great guy on top of that. Yeah. And, you know, we got that, we got the badass element at the end of Mando, you know, when he crushes the, or those, the dark troopers and all that. Yeah, shit. The, but yeah. here we got the, 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 the flip side of like Luke being, you know, the Jedi master, right. He's in tune with the force. He's, training grogu you know he's got a plan for the future you know yep. um and i'll be goddamned if if i just wasn't you know i was just enthralled watching that and of course the cgi was just amazing like you know cgi luke at the end of mando 2 you know you got to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt on that it's good but it's it's passable but not good sure. i would say objectively but in in episode six of book of Boba Fett. I mean, what, 18 months later, less, barely a little over a year later, they've like warp speeded the technology forward. And it's like a really convincing CGI Luke. When I was watching that, I couldn't figure out if they had recast it and just found somebody that looked, you know, perfectly like him or, or if they, yeah, like you said, if they had uh, CGI'd it and, I went back and read about it. Yeah, it was all CGI. Yeah. Which that's that that's that Disney money. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so there there was a dude, and I, I forget his name or his handle, but there was a dude on YouTube after Mando season two wrapped that did a re-edit of Luke in that scene at the end of season two. And it looked better than Disney's version, and they hired him. <laughs> like on the spot. <laughs> so yeah, again, they're just throwing money at the problem, you know, and yeah. it's just going to get, you know, I don't, there, there are perhaps ethical implications of having this technology that, sure. you know, will make things shitty for the next generation or whatever, you know, just make things different from what you and I grew up with. But Hey, suffice it to say, they gave me a really badass, realistic and believable Luke Skywalker. I'm happy. But to your point about the recasting, um, I know at one time there was a rumor and this might've just been fan casting, but there was a rumor kicking around about, you know, bringing in Sebastian Stan to play uh, young look, Luke. He looked good. Yeah. Looked, I, I would have been part. totally happy with that, but I mean, I, I can't complain with what we got, but I would have been happy if they'd brought in old Seb Stan who played uh winter soldier in uh, the Avengers. Yeah. Among yeah especially things. when he, when he gets that uh, a new hope bowl cut going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean the luke stuff i just can't even say like it just it blew me away you know doing the force training with luke or uh, with grogu you know and then of course mando has uh has a gift that he wants to give grogu and then luke makes grogu choose are you going to stay with me or are you going to go back with the mando and that's the cliffhanger for episode six and then when we launch into the finale grogu uh has a run-in to now come and uh, rejoin with mando and uh, how about uh, setting up with the Rancor? Will you set, will you set that up? Yeah, so uh, he, he gets the Rancor from Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is, yeah. the, uh, is the trainer. 
but they um the two uh the the huts yeah it's like jabba's cousins or something yeah it's a basically a peace offering to say like look we'll put the past in the past and move forward here's a here's a treat for you or here's a you know peace offering and it's a uh i don't know if that's a baby rancor or if or if it's a juvenile yeah um but they they go into sort of the training of it and you think it's this like huge monster but danny trejo has this really kind of cool interlude with uh boba about uh you know and i'm just getting kind of giddy thinking about it like this is an animal it's like a horse you know if you train it right um, and they, you know, they love, it's always been blinded because the first person it sees it, it, it imprints. Yeah. Yeah. It imprints. And, and so I just thought that stuff was really cool. Um, and I, I wish we could have seen more of Boba and the Rancor um, and sort of seeing him build that like yeah. soft side um, that he doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to make him super soft, but um, you can show that the human side to him. And, and build something through that. So I liked what they gave us. I, I would have taken more even before the, yeah. you know, the, the shit at the end, but I mean, it, it felt a little fan servicey to me. I don't give sure. a shit about oh, that. Cause oh, yeah, I'm a yeah, fan. Yeah. Like I, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, Hey, we got a big budget. Let's throw a fucking rancor in the show. All right. <laughs> I mean, like, I love that shit. It didn't really serve the story. I mean, yeah. but it's, you know, I mean, other than, <laughs> you know, yeah. Boba's, petting the rancor you know (laughs) i love animals i mean okay who wouldn't want to have a 40 foot monstroid for sure for sure Uh, so i i mean i i thought it was cool they did a really good job with it um i don't know how much of it was cgi and how much of it was um puppet yeah puppet but i i gotta believe that some of it was a puppet um they built you know because they're Star Wars is famous for their uh, physical effects, right? Their FX, um, not just everything computer generated. And so Practical I bet effects, that they yeah. did build um, at least it, when it's in the basement of the palace. I bet that some of that is real. So, yeah, but no, the, the Rancor was awesome. And then, you know, if you want to fast forward to the end, uh, I liked Boba Fett building his army. Uh, yeah. I think everybody kind of had issues with the the scooter kids. Yeah, that that was the only thing about the show that really didn't land for me. Um, yeah. Just in terms of like all of the different characters they brought in. So like they were supposed to be mod kids. They, yeah. they were like, if you listen to the album Quadrophenia by The Who, you have the yeah. mods versus the rockers. And the mods are like the kids that have Vespa bikes and they dress really sharp. You know what I mean? They, they dress uh-huh. very snappy. <laughs> Um, and the rockers are like the, the torn jeans and leather jackets. Right. But so these characters were like kind of based off the mods, but it's like, they're in a dusty desert world and they're like driving clean scooters and clean, uh, jackets and snappy clothes and all this stuff. And it just seemed like an odd fit. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to, I, they're also like young, they're like teens. And so I don't want to go into grumpy man territory where I'm like, ah, oh, these damn kids. I mean, like I, sure. I get what they were trying to do. Um, I just don't think they gave them enough buildup for it to work effectively. I mean, maybe they were like the outsiders because it's like trying to be like, you're in the small town and you're into like the cure and everybody else is like into, you know, like country music. Right. You know I mean? It's like, they're the outside, the cultural outsiders of their community. I think they could have 
maybe if they had more time, I mean, there's so much happening in the show. They just didn't have a lot of time to build that up. And so the characters felt kind of one dimensional. Um, I also really hated the CGI on their scooters. <laughs> See, I, I would have liked it a lot more if they leaned into the, um, they're like, we don't have any work. There's no jobs. And so he's like, come work for me. And I wish they would have leaned more into like, why was that? Why, what are the economics of the city? What is running the city? Yeah. What are the, and like that, maybe that gets a little yeah. too detailed, but um, I, I thought that was kind of a plot device that they, they yeah. needed to introduce these characters. I'm like, man, you could have, you could have gone into that a little bit more. Yeah. You're, you're asking for that Robert Jordan esque level of detail. <laughs> well, it's also like th- these oh, kids oh, are saying how broke they are. And yet yeah. they have like these souped up brand new bikes. Yeah. Dude, where's the money for that coming from? Or they're like going to get all this mod work done by Thundercat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you catch on that? I can't remember. Did we discuss that cameo? Uh, I mean, we, we did not, not on here tonight, okay. but well, no, not tonight. I meant in general, but yeah, Thundercat, yeah. The, the Thundercat cameo was sick. I mean, yeah. even though that scene made no sense. <laughs> um, and, and, there, and there's some of that that happens. I mean, that's just probably somebody in night, you know, in Disney is like, Oh, I let's, let's, uh, let's try and throw in something that, that makes the kids happy. Or, yeah, or, no, it's fine. I mean, it's like it, fan service. Know not everything has to be a home run. You can hit a single now and then. Yeah. Um, now I'll tell you what was a home run was black Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. The, yeah. the, he starts out kind of, you think he's an enemy, but he turns out to be joining forces with Boba. He's like an yeah. even more badass Chewbacca. Yeah. Like bigger, stronger, more ruthless. And I'll be damned, but he is a glutton for punishment too. In that finale, he gets shot like a dozen times and he takes like a direct, like body blow from one of those destroyer droid robot things. Yeah, dude, he gets his ass whooped. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they use him for. Um, if he's going to become one of, you know, one of Boba's guys, is he going to go with Mando? I mean, what, what are we going to do with him? Cause he, you're right. There's some room to grow there with yeah, that, that character. Yeah. That character I think is more of a comics character that's been brought into the uh, TV show universe. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's in the, see, I don't really keep up with the, the new star Wars comic stuff. I'm more of an old school dark, uh, dark horse comics guy, yeah. but yeah. I think there was a series called war, of the bound, a newer series called war, of the bounty hunters that he features in. Um, That's kind of cool. so yeah, there's a chance he could just be like a recurring, like a recurring, um, side character or something. Sure. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I liked his character. I, I want to see more. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sad that the, the pig guards are gone. Oh dude, that broke my heart. And even when I rewatched the episode the other night, getting ready for this chat, I, I forgot about the Gamorreans that get thrown over the side of the fucking cliff. Cause when Beth and I were watching Boba, you know, I would just, anytime the Gamorreans were on and be like, Oh man, I fucking love these guys. And they did a good job with them too. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, they got fucking bald. Uh, yeah, they got during wrecked. the mob war during the mob warfare. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what where they go from here. I mean, you, you mentioned that there probably is not going to be a season two of Boba Fett. It's I mean, you never know, go. dude. The, the viewership on season one or what series one or whatever was huge. Yeah, you know, and so are they going to then parlay this into? Um, you know, are they going to parlay this into a uh, more Boba or, or who knows what? 
I mean, I think what it shows is people are just craving Star Wars, and and you know, people are already going nuts and clamoring for uh, Obi Wan. Oh, and God, Ahsoka yeah. is the next one. Well, um, Obi Wan is next. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like down that comes the road, out in May. Yeah. yeah, and then after that, it's going to be the Cassian Andor series. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, and then, and then I think Mando season three. And you're right. Ahsoka fits in there, and and we we didn't even touch on her cameo from that episode with Luke and Grogu, although it was really just a cameo. It kind of felt like she was shoehorned in there just to be like, hey, remember Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, probably getting her own show in 2023. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what's really interesting about her to me is that she was Anakin's Padawan. Yeah. Like, does she know that Luke is the kid? Like, I, yes. I mean, are they? Yeah. yeah, she does because Luke, um, she, she makes a comment about, I'm a friend of the family. Right, yeah. alluding to uh, Anakin, and then of course Luke Skywalker. So, like, what, what, how? That must be very complicated for her, and I would like to see more of that. Yeah, that that relationship there, because I mean, that is that is a weird dynamic. Yeah, right, because her father, or excuse me, Luke's father, trained her as Anakin. Yeah. Right, she, and they were they were as close as you know. As close as anybody's been yeah. in Star Wars. And then, correct, yeah. I mean, they fought the Clone Wars together and all that. And then he turns. Yeah. And then they're separated. And then they meet back up in Rebels. And he tries to kill her. And in fact, successfully does so. And then through that war, uh, what do they call it? World Between Worlds, Ezra Bridger is able to save her. Or like create, save her from the timeline in which she's killed by Darth Vader. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with that. That that seems to be like one of, in terms of like content or plot points or or that seems to be like one of the holy of holies that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know well, any, anything touching Darth reveal. Vader. Anything yeah. touching Darth. Like you're going to see Darth Vader in Obi Wan, and it's going to be minute, like right because it has to be. Um, well, Hayden Christensen is cast in that show. Yeah, and I think it'll be mostly in flashbacks. Yeah, 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 but, absolutely in flashbacks. But, uh, but, but, dude, I like. I'm just getting the hair on the back of my. Well, neck hold on. We'll, we'll, yeah, let's finish up the Boba Chat, and then we'll touch briefly <laughs> on Obi Wan. <laughs> but uh, okay. yeah, so Ahsoka, yeah, more to be revealed with her character. Um, anything else from the finale? I mean, they, they. You know the the he gets on the rancor. They they beat back the spice trade. I guess we didn't even cover the whole mob warfare stuff. I mean, I I found it to be kind of lackadaisical. Uh, the pikes are running spice um, through Tatooine through Mos Espa. Boba puts together a posse to oppose the pikes. There's a big gun yeah. battle, a big showdown in the ep, in the last ep, and uh, the rancor comes in to save the day. And then little Grogu calms the rancor after it goes berserk and starts terrorizing the town. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, Boba takes down Cad Bane. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing I saw, and it was one of the coolest uh, moments in Star Wars, is where Boba Fett knows that it's a hopeless situation. And he's telling Mando to get out of there. And Mando's like, no, I'm staying with yeah. you. And Boba's like, says, thank you or something. And Mando turns to him and goes, this is, this the, is way. the way. Yep. And, and every, you know, everybody's just like, yeah! <laughs> I mean, the dude even has a catchphrase, right? I mean, he's yeah. like, he's like in full he, he's like yeah. fully formed fully vested action hero you know yeah 
I, you just can't say enough about me. Again, like Mando kind of outshining Boba in the finale of Boba's show, but what are you going to do? Yeah. I guess that's kind of the overall theme that I would take away. It's like Book of Boba Fett was great. Mando way better. Yeah. Mando's season 2.5 was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, Obi, let's, let's wind it down here. Maybe a little Obi-Wan chat. So yeah, that comes out in like a month, dude. Yeah. I'm stoked. I mean, it's more star Wars, like people that want to complain about having new content can suck it, but this dude. is going to be like big budget. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be like, a, yeah. it's going to be like a six episode movie. I mean, like Boba Fett looks great. Some of the effects you can see through some of the lighting, I think the, 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 uh, the, the motor scooters on the mod kids, yeah. those look pretty poor. I thought, but like uh, the Obi-Wan thing is like mo- movie budget. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're investing the money in Ewan McGregor and you're bringing back uh, Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Like if you're going to put Darth Vader in something, you're going to make it a, yeah. a quality. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Cause that is your, that is your number one asset, right? Besides maybe Luke Skywalker, you know? Yeah. That's their prestige asset right there. But I I like your idea of saying that it's going to be more like a a six part movie than five or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. than a season. Yeah. Cause the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Imperators are hunting the Jedi. And I think that's a really cool unexplored area that we haven't seen on cinema yet correct yeah no that's more like comic and video yep. game lore like if uh-huh. you play the game jedi fallen order um i'm like really letting my nerd flag fly here <laughs> but if you play the jedi fallen order game like this the dude cal kestis you're the protagonist yep. he's running from the inquisitors yeah and that's you know order 66 happens but you knew that not all the jedi were going to get Oh hell you no, know, murk, murked. And yeah. so now this is the mop up. And I think that that's a really cool story because you've got this group of people who are the most powerful group in the universe, and now they're hunted. They're being hunted. And so you see this reversal. And uh, you finally, hopefully, we get to see some Jedi's like absolutely whooping ass. I'm just really stoked to see you uh, and McGregor's take on Obi-Wan come full circle, right? So like yeah. in the original trilogy, we've got Alec Guinness, you know, old yeah. Ben. And then, yeah. you know, I think the prequels aren't good, but like you and as Obi-Wan was a good part in an otherwise kind of shitty trilogy. <laughs> They're good for what they are. Like, yeah, if but you like, don't overthink it and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't think um, like it's, it's like drinking a Coors Light, right? Yeah. But like to now to see him in what hopefully will be like a really well thought out, you know, big budget, like we'll get to really see him, see what he can do with this character. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, man. Whew. Shit. Thanks for letting me talk so much, dude. Dude, that's that. Yeah, we're going to. I mean, you get me going on Star Wars shit, dude. I mean, like, man, I'm just like running out of air. Yeah, I mean, we could we could keep doing this and, and we would just go in these circles of like descending into Dante's, you know, yeah. nine circles of <laughs> Well, yeah, and also we're, we're, I mean, it maybe doesn't make for the best pod, but we're kind of simpatico in that, you know, we yeah. both like a lot of the same things about Star Wars. So, yeah. um, you know, there's really not a lot. It's really just like two dudes just <laughs> getting all joyous instead of having a debate. For, for your, your one dozen listeners. <laughs> hey, man, we're working on building the brand. Hey, 
it's all good. You know, you know, I love doing this kind of stuff and, and hanging out and just talking about stuff that we love. Um, yeah, man. You know, I think I think we'll keep Star doing. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and I, I think we'll keep doing a couple of these little hidden hidden sections on sure. future future uh, endeavors. All right, boss. Yeah. Great session tonight. Yeah, man. We'll talk. Peace to you out. Later. I'll talk to you later. Dum 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 d